We're all about the University of South Florida, but we also want to keep you informed on the Bulls' conference opponents. That's why three times a week we go around the American. With today's show, here's Derek Sharp. The reason we have a separate show on Mondays is, well, like a day like today where we haven't even hit on women's lacrosse yet. That season began a couple weeks back, so we'll towards the end give you an update there. Of course, the basketball bracket for next week in Fort Worth is almost set on the women's side and getting there with the men. A full baseball weekend that included a major road sweep for, yes, UCF, but absolutely worth, I almost said celebrating, discussing, mentioning. Softball as well, players of the week in so many sports. Let's go right into it. Women's basketball is the one that is nearing its conclusion as far as the regular season goes, and what a memorable shot for the Memphis Tigers. They have really been on a roll, especially in games not against USF, but now they're known as the Cardiac Kids because they pulled off a couple of last-second shots, and now really thinking back to when they kind of put a scare into the Bulls, and this has been so long, and Memphis hasn't lost since. Griggs, long three again, looks better. All banked it in. Are you kidding me? It is a five-point game, and they are saying, we'll take the bank shot on a Saturday, and the Bulls will take a timeout. Lucky shot there, but the crowd doesn't care. It's Bulls 63, Tigers 58. That was with about 85 seconds left in the game. The Bulls had led, well, about seven minutes before that, 14 points, and really makes it even more mysterious why they did not, Katrina Merriweather, the head coach for Memphis, call a timeout at the very end when they cut it to five with nine seconds to go. Maybe she knew that they would complete any ensuing comeback. That was on January the 28th, so a full month later, and Memphis still has not lost. Remember they won those two crazy back-to-back games when they shot less than 30%, we told you, on this show about them? The second one was a win at Houston where Madison Griggs, who again is the Tigers' all-time leading three-point shooter, clutches with one with about 22 seconds left, And then Memphis wins. And at the time, remember, Houston had just beaten the Bulls. And so they hadn't locked up the conference title yet. USF had just won at UCF. We're on the bus ride home pulling full out for Memphis. Yeah, Houston lost. Now all of a sudden, Houston, thanks to that same player, Madison Griggs, has jumped back onto the Bulls' side of the bracket because Houston will be the number four seed. That is because it can't catch Memphis or East Carolina. Tigers were still within range. But Madison Griggs stuns the Mustangs of SMU with a catch-and-shoot three-pointer at the overtime horn. 69-68 was the final. Memphis was up as many as seven in the first half. SMU cut it to three at the break. As many as eight in the third quarter. SMU cut it to four at the end of the period and went on a 13-3 run. And SMU had a 57-51 lead. Memphis forces overtime. Then in the overtime, SMU led 67-63 on a couple of the free throws with two minutes to go. Madison Griggs makes her first three-pointer. Pretty important shot with 56 seconds left. Then both teams exchange misses. SMU gets to the free throw line with nine-tenths of a second left. Now, follow the scenario here. Memphis does have one timeout. You miss the first free throw. You're up by one. Do you... Make the second free throw or miss it intentionally. SMU Shante Embry made it, which gave Memphis the full nine-tenths of a second left. And on the other end, Madison Griggs, you knew it was going to her, is underneath the basket. She shoots out, gets a little bit of a screen, not much of one. Didn't have a whole ton of room or time. Catches and scores. With the amazing shot, 
Memphis is the number two seed right now, and what happens on Wednesday will determine whether they are the two or the three. East Carolina will get the spot that the Tigers don't get. So basically, Memphis and East Carolina will be the top teams and, of course, get the buys on the other half of the Bulls bracket. Houston is locked into the number four seed, which means if the Bulls beat whoever that 8-9 winner is, it would get Houston in its next game, provided Houston tops the number five seed, who right now stands to be SMU. We'll know a lot more after Wednesday's games, but that Sunday win for Memphis on the amazing shot puts it in that scenario. Had Memphis lost, East Carolina would be in second place, and that's the one team that has finished with its conference games. Memphis would have been 9-5, and five, same record as Houston, and those teams both have one game left. Remembering that Memphis had the head-to-head, Houston would have still been in the running for the number three seed, but now that is off the table. What a Sunday outcome. The rest of the games were Saturday. All four home teams won, and most noteworthy, and I got to correct myself back going into last Wednesday when East Carolina and Houston were playing, and we said that if the Pirates had won, they would clinch no worse than a tie for second place, but that was under the math that involved everyone playing a full schedule. East Carolina did win that game, as you'll recall, a classic in triple overtime, and so the worst they could have been was 11-5, and five. and the best math, wrong, anyone else could have been was 11-5, and five. but forgot that that Memphis-Houston game is not getting made up, and so the Tigers could actually finish 11-4, and four, which is better than 11-5, and five. and we go through that apology really for the Pirates' sake, because they are not assured of finishing in the tie for second. They now need some help. And you could see this coming, couldn't you? After that triple overtime win, East Carolina had to go two, kind of rounding into shape Tulane, and the Green Wave shut them down. Even in that win against Houston, the Pirates only shot two of eight on threes. In this game, they only shot one of 12, and it cost them. Tulane has definitely had an up-and-down season. They were kind of on the wrong side of things, and we got a little intel that their longtime head coach, Lisa Stockton, who's led them to their only NCAA tournament appearances when they were sitting on three and eight in the conference there were some murmurs but hey now they're sitting on seven and eight and 17 and 11 overall taking down east carolina 64 to 56 forcing 20 turnovers in this game Danae mcneil did have 24 points for the pirates but just didn't get enough help it was 48 to 32 after three quarters pirates put on an 11 nothing run so they cut it to five but marta Golich hit a three with about four minutes to go and East Carolina ends up 64-56. to For the first time in a career, Tatiana Hill, who was one of the two Houston Cougars honored on senior day, gets a back-to-back double-double, 12 points and 17 rebounds. Tiara Young, also a senior, comes off the bench to score 12 points with nine rebounds and a career-high tying seven assists. And man, oh man, Tulsa beat Houston the first time they played. This was 60-37, to the third time this year the Cougars have held an opponent below 40 points. Has Tulsa fallen or what? Since their 5-0 and start in conference play, only one win, and that was against last place Cincinnati. 1-9 and since then. Their overall record still looks good at 16-12, and but their conference standing does not look good. And senior night gimmick was working out pretty well. Wichita State got a couple of 20-10 and games from seniors. Jane Asende, who that's around her average anyway, it seems. Went for 22 points and 10 rebounds. But Cartesia Dean saved her career game for senior day with a career high, 22 points. And yes, 10 rebounds. The Shockers all of a sudden are playing pretty well. So look out for Tulane and Wichita, both of whom could be 
a Bulls first round opponent, although Tulane, as we give you the standings, in a minute has moved above that line. But the Shockers are looking good in Temple going in the other direction. UCF even got a win on senior day against the last place Bearcats, 64 to 54. Yes, two 20 point scores for the first time all season. You guessed it. Seniors, Destiny Thomas, who the Bulls, thanks to Dulce Fankamangiadu, completely made a non-factor in the two meetings, but against Cincinnati, Destiny Thomas, 21 points, 20 rebounds, while Maya Burns, 20 points and 6 rebounds. UCF is in next to last place. So USF number one at 14-1, and one, Memphis 10-4, and four, East Carolina 11-5, and five. Houston cannot catch either of those teams, is in the fourth spot, locked into it. Then SMU in the five. So SMU is the last buy right now. However, Tulane would get that last buy with a win and SMU loss this coming Wednesday. Is it possible? Sure, but it's going to be tough for Tulane. They have to go to Memphis and win while SMU is at Temple. Despite going on a 1-9 streak, Tulsa could still finish as the sixth seed, but Tulane in the sixth spot is the only one that can get that last buy, again, with the win Wednesday and an SMU loss. Meanwhile, Wichita in 8th place, Temple is in ninth. Yes, UCF is behind Temple, so could end up in the 8-9 game, and Tulsa could slip into that thing. So if you're thinking the Bulls are going to have an easy first game in the conference tournament, Tulsa just gave them some issues, and Wichita's on a roll. And again, Houston would loom as a likely, in my opinion, semifinal opponent. We will have the whole bracket figured out on Wednesday night, not by the time we leave the air because we're playing at 7 in Cincinnati. And there are a couple of 8 o'clock games, but... Sometime on Wednesday night, for sure, the conference tournament begins on Monday at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth. Bulls will not be playing Monday. Top five seeds get a first-round bye. And, of course, we know the Bulls are the number one team, meaning they'll play Tuesday at 1 o'clock. The East Carolina Pirates, despite that loss on Saturday with the triple overtime winning against Houston, got the sweep of the two major weekly honors. And those went to their, well, two leaders all year long. Danae McNeil was the player of the week, scored 29 in the win, 24 in the loss. And my my Joyner averaged more than 10 points and 14 and a half rebounds per game. The weekly honors did include Sammy Puisis on the honor roll. Again, basketball, player of the week, freshman of the week, five members of the weekly honor roll for a total of seven. And that actually is pretty fair. In baseball, not so fair, but more on that in a second. Let's get back to men's basketball where the big result of the weekend came with Memphis beating Cincinnati 76-73. to That was big for two reasons. For Memphis, they wanted to go ahead and wrap up basically an NCAA tournament bid as the second team from the conference. They are now 38 in the net ranking, which is a good spot to be in. For Cincinnati, it was the best chance to maybe be on the other side of the bracket from Houston. A win would have put the Bearcats actually still in contention for the number two seed, but right now it looks like four is where Cincinnati will finish and possibly five, but same difference there. Memphis up by 11 at the break. Bearcats got it to one late, but again, Memphis wins 76-73. You want to talk about a hangover effect? It happened to Tulane after losing and getting, well, not to do the hangover effect too much, but they were knocked on the floor by the Houston Cougars by 30 in their previous game, and they came back home on Sunday and got beat by Wichita State, 83-76. to How about Craig Porter with a triple-double, 15-10-10, and and Jason Pierre with 28 points. The Shockers living up to their name just a little bit there. So much officially for Tulane's chances at getting an at-large to the NCAA tournament. Also on Sunday, UCF rolls a reeling 
Tulsa, 68 to 49. Ithiel Horton, who had all those threes against the Bulls, was 0 for 5 on threes in this one, but it really didn't matter as UCF was still 19 points better. You will not hear a more staggering stat than the one I'm about to give you from the Houston-East Carolina game. The Pirates were hosting a number one team, energetic crowd, ready to go and maybe pull off an upset. Yeah, no, it was 36-19 at halftime. Houston ends up winning at 76-57. Here's the stat. In the first half, the Cougars blocked more shots than East Carolina made. Pirates were 3 for 25. You heard that right. Houston had five blocks. Kind of wild. Houston wraps up the number one outright championship for the regular season. Coming into two games left for most teams, Houston 15-1, and one, Memphis 12-4, and four, Tulane 10-5, and five, Cincy 10-7, your fifth place team right now is Temple at 9-7. and seven. In the sixth spot, Wichita right on 8-8, eight and eight, UCF is 7-9, a game ahead of the eighth place Bulls, East Carolina half game back, SMU another half game back, and then Tulsa at 1-16. And, and a couple of extremely familiar names to the top awards DeAndre Williams, player of the week, averaged 19.5 points, 8 rebounds. He also tossed in 5 assists in the big Thursday win at Wichita and 5 steals in the victory against Cincinnati. Taylor Hendricks of UCF in its two games. Remember, he did have 18 points against the Bulls. Tried 25, a season high for him, with 8 rebounds in that win against Tulsa. And our own Tyler Harris on the honor roll. More on him with highlights on Tuesday's Bulls beat. Now on to baseball, and yes, UCF gets a big-time three-game sweep at Clemson, which had not been swept out of conference at home since 1985. The first game was 2-all going into the eighth. Inclement weather, they finished it up on Saturday, UCF scoring two in the ninth to win. Then in game two, which was later Saturday, 10-7, that one went back and forth, especially when both teams popped for four runs in the fifth, and then UCF in a six-all game scored four again in the top of the eighth. Sunday was the icing on the cake. Could they finish the sweep? Answer was yes, 13-6. This one was six apiece before UCF scored five in the seventh, tacked on two more to win it. Did it before crowds of more than 4,000, so that was a big-time job by UCF. 6-1, and one, only lost to FAU. Yeah, that FAU team. The Bulls played is actually 17th in the first RPI ranking. So second best record belongs to East Carolina, then Memphis at 6-2. and two. East Carolina in what turned out to be a home-and-home home because the Saturday game against North Carolina was canceled out due to rain. And these were somewhat dramatic victories. In Greenville on Friday night, it was 3-0 Tar Heels going into the bottom of the eighth, 6,003 fans saw East Carolina score six times. Then the Tar Heels get within one again before ECU holds on to win 6-5. to five. Then Sunday, down 5-2 before scoring four times in the top of the seventh to win before 4,000 in Chapel Hill, 6-5. to five. Memphis lost the first game on Friday of a four-game series against Youngstown State, but then takes the next three, 13-9, 3-1 on Saturday, and then in an early Sunday affair, Tigers were down going into the bottom of the eighth, tied it then, then won it in the bottom of the ninth. The guy who had the tying and winning hits, their shortstop, Tyler Heckert, who drove in four. Player of the week stands to reason he was on UCF's offense. It was Andrew Brait, hit 467. Drove in six. By the way, the Bulls' own Jackson Mayo hit around the same six for 13, had three homers, and drove in nine. But, well, UCF got the sweep in the Bulls, 
ended up going two and two last week. So Jackson Mayo clearly was on the honor roll. No, he wasn't. Okay, we're going to try and get that rectified. Anyway, pitcher of the week, Grant Adler of Wichita State, as they got a series victory at Utah Tech, and he struck out 11 in the Sunday game that secured it. Got to mention Cincinnati on the wrong end of a sweep. The Gators scored exactly 13 in all three games. This was in Gainesville, including Sunday hitting eight home runs. Jack Caglione, the Tampa kid, hit three of them. Also Sunday, Tulane finally got a win. They started off with those four losses in California. Got beat by St. John's 6-5 to five on Friday. Lost again Saturday before getting a obviously much needed 9-3 to three victory. Houston said they were playing a variety of opponents. Started off great. Beat Utah 14-5 to five on Friday, but then got drilled by Texas A&M Corpus Christi 12-2 and lost to Incarnate Word 10-8. That was all in Corpus Christi. Tuesday's action includes Duke hosting the Red Hot East Carolina Pirates. We will recap the action for you on Wednesdays around the American. Now through three weekends of softball, East Carolina and Wichita State have your best records both at 12 and 3 as the Pirates on Friday took down Radford and St. Francis. St. Francis is actually a defending conference champion. That was a big one, 5-4. to four, They played Radford again. So, admittedly, East Carolina's schedule, not the same as some teams in the league, but 12-3 and three is 12-3. and three. And Wichita State, speaking of schedules, they went on the road to Denton, Texas, and played future opponent North Texas along with Northwestern State. Two each, they won them all. No run rule situations in there. We're used to seeing Wichita hit a bunch of home runs. But they also showed they can win games 5-3, to 8-6, to six, that kind of thing, which is exactly what they did. UCF is actually 9-8, and eight, which is surprising, or it's not. I mean, that is a really rugged schedule they're playing. And this past weekend, they edged Louisville 4-3, to three, beat Purdue 6-3 to three before getting rolled by Louisville 15-5. to five. Actually, Friday was the day that only one team in the conference won, and that was UCF, because Wichita played on Saturday and Sunday. Houston's above 500. It lost a couple times to Illinois over the weekend, got beat by Pittsburgh 4-3 to three before winning one in extras against Sam Houston on Sunday 7-6. to six. Cougars go to 9-6. and six. Played at an event in Mobile, split a pair with the host South Alabama, got a win against Furman, but got rolled by Mississippi State, lost to La Tech. And at the bottom of the league right now is Memphis with just two wins, going 0-4 over the weekend at a tournament in Chattanooga. Player of the Week, Savannah Adams of UCF, hit 583, had three home runs against three different teams, and led the league over the past week with six RBI. Pitcher, Addie Bullis, junior from East Carolina, 3-0, 16 in the third innings, just one earned run, 13 strikeouts in wins against Bucknell, St. Francis, and Radford. One member of the honor roll from USF, that would be Hallie Bryant. We'll have Hallie Bryant highlights on Bulls Beat. So, Puisis, Harris, Bryant, all on the American Athletic Conference Weekly Honor Roll, and Jackson Mayo most certainly should have been, but for whatever reason was not. As far as tennis goes, a couple of nice Power 5 Conference wins for the women on Friday. SMU blanked Kansas State. UCF did the same to TCU, Tulane challenged LSU but lost 5-2. to two. Staying with the women, Saturday, man, Tulsa had a tough couple of opponents in Montgomery, Alabama. Got swept by Wake and then played Bama. Got a couple of wins, but 4-2 was the final score. Memphis was playing in Minnesota and went up against Utah, lost 4-1, but then beat the Gophers on Sunday by that same score. UCF hosted a very strong Pepperdine, lost that one 4 to nothing. You know, with tennis, most 
definitely in the women's side. It's been you know, teams in the league scheduling completely different. Temple, for example, has the best record, but that's not according to the computers. They are 7-1, and one, though, playing at home and beating Norfolk State and Siena over the weekend. If you're just going wins and losses, Temple's the best team, but see what the computers say about that. Houston is the second best record-wise at 8-3. and three. Worth noting, we say it every year, but in tennis, the seeding for the American Athletic Conference Tournament has nothing to do with your record. It's all based on your computer ranking. You don't have to schedule any conference opponents. Some teams try to schedule as many as they can. So look for Temple maybe to have the best overall record and be seeded 10th in the conference tournament, and I'm not exaggerating. That could actually happen. Men's tennis, the league, is very strong. Memphis picked up a nice Friday victory at Northwestern. Tulane went to a, as we know, strong. They beat the Bulls Middle Tennessee, lost in a close one 4-3 on Saturday. Tulane dropped a 4-3 decision to Texas Tech. Wichita, same score, losing down at FAU. UCF got knocked off at home by the Florida State Seminoles. Then Sunday, I guess Texas San Antonio will be a good future member. It swept Wichita State. Ole Miss beat SMU 5-2. And Tulsa got dropped at home by Pepperdine 4-1. And we'll finish up with a mention of lacrosse, where seven teams in the conference play. Some are all sport members. Others are satellite schools like the Florida Gators, one of the best teams in the country, off to the 1-2 and two start this year. James Madison, newer to the league, is at 3-1, and one, whereas Cincinnati and East Carolina actually have the best records at 4-1, and one, also playing the sport are Temple, Old Dominion, and Vanderbilt. This past weekend, East Carolina played in Charlotte, beat Queens 11-9. Gators lost a wild one in Gainesville to Maryland 14-13 to 13 on Monday, that being today. Vanderbilt hosted Louisville and lost that one 15-12. Can't wait for that sport to actually kick up at USF. Well, we could have gone another five or six minutes, could have stretched it to a half hour today. There was a lot that went on around the American. Thanks for checking it out. I'm Derek Sharp.